his his last heartbeat. And number one, he was he 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 was beautiful. I mean, it was just. Method of business would persist until the formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. The NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute and undeniable. This control combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system the territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades while the borders authority popularity and obedience of individual nwa territories was in a near constant state of flux to this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open up your eyes Way before it gets too late Now one man There's no way you can This week in pro wrestling, and we're back. Um, I kind of lost my concentration there. Sorry, guys. Anyway, at the dais is the super team from right to left. We got the world champion, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, thank you for joining us again. How does it feel to be the champion? How was it being the champion, Jimmy? Well, I was uh, I was hoping for some championship perks, but all I got was the neighbor's dog trying to pee on my leg. Well, what are you gonna do, <laughs> Jimmy? You know, yeah, the, the illustrious cast members here felt like you got some home cooking, a little special love what? from your partner, Mike Monty. Uh, there, what, what do you think of that? Is there bitching behind the scenes? There is. Serious? There's some backstabbing, I, I, a little bitching. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's always controversy. I didn't say anything but a reach around. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, considering the week before I lost by uh, an ass hair, to quote my uh, partner, uh, you know, questions on asses and you get to you get to win a title? What? It was a blue one. But I respect, I respect Phil. I, I bet you Phil got some perks. Well, Phil, here's the re- you know. Were you right or wrong on that question, though? Uh, honestly, I went back and I checked out Sky Blue's button. I'm not. I'm not that impressed. I'm sorry, but you know, I've got my own taste. You know, it is what it is, and uh, you know, I prefer blondes, obviously. So uh, it is what it is. 
You stand by Fair your enough. conviction, Jimmy. You stand by your conviction. Oh, Nothing wrong with that. I completely stand by And honestly, the real answer was Karen McDaniel. But, you know, wow. like, you know what am I going to wow. do? Yeah, what am I going to do? You know? Wow. So there it is. It's yeah. still it's still early on, Jimmy. Get married, you know. Stay with Karen for twenty five years. See if you'll be saying that. Because I'm telling you what. Hey, if I, Mike, if I'm here in twenty five years, we got a Boris call off situation going on. You're right, bro. Oh, You're right. Please, oh just, my God, just, too just funny. Just get a box and end it now, if that's the case. Anyway. In second place last week, the player Benny Scala in the house. Benny, you were quite angry over your last week's results, weren't you? I was. I tell you what, the player came to play, bring back the gold, one week removed from the Long Island screw job. Wow. The, this is gonna <laughs> last week's known as the Long Island screw job. Wow. What a sore loser. Sore loser. Anyway. Wow, you just got you got Bret Hart and Jimmy, there, Benny. Jimmy sounded very uh, Enzo Amore esque. What do we got here? A couple of haters. A couple <laughs> yeah, of haters. yeah. I mean, just because your reign was just shorter than Stan Stasiak's, there's no reason to get better. Phil, who's come up? Uh, well, you were the champion. It seems like a long time ago at this point, but you're always, yeah. you know, you're always the gentleman. You're always the gentleman. Um, thoughts on last week's results? Did you feel? hurt going and being pushed off to the land of misfit toys what? well you know i was i was a little sad about that i did company with iso i can always count on iso being there so. <laughs> that's for sure you can iso is like a permanent fixture in the land he of misfit toys the landing then when i go down that shoot he softens the landing there but yeah i was on the road i was not in the home arena so i can make excuses and to be honest with you having- phil the audience could tell you were a bit tired last week. You probably I was a little, yeah, I was dogging it, but hey, you know. And last but not least, ESO. ESO, what'd you think of last week? Who cares what you think of last week, ESO? Let's start the show. All right. Are you guys ready to dethrone the Pharaoh? Here we go. We're gunning, baby. All right, gents. Jimmy Snuka and Don Morocco, nothing touched it. The legendary Jimmy Snooker and Don Morocco steel cage match at Madison Square Garden just a few days ago, October 17th, 1983, was a magical moment that will live forever. It culminated in, in the then, at his peak, Snooker climbing to the top of the cage, leaping up before perfectly landing on the prone Morocco. What did yeah. this match mean to you guys? And where does it rank in the greatest matches of all time? And who better to start the show at the 30? The champion himself, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, we're setting the clock up. You're on the 30, brother. Go. Wow, Snooker Morocco, where does it rank? Well, as far as personal memories go, it's almost even too precious to even start talking about it in context with some of the newer matches it's uh, an all-timer, obviously. Uh, I'm still, uh, you know, I guess I was always attached to the Morocco Valentine thing, so I was kind of pissed that, you know, Snooker even nailed it. But uh, bottom line is is that it is one of the all-time great matches. You wouldn't have a lot of the matches you have today without that template to start it all. Jimmy Snooker, one of a kind. Magnificent Morocco does not get enough credit. I almost feel like he's getting buried in the sands of time somewhat, although, uh, you know, 
He's not exactly Mike's favorite anymore, so that's uh, some negative points on Morocco. But uh, what are you going to do? I mean, it's it's an, it's it's an all-time classic. It's back in the days when wrestling was treated as truly real by a lot of us. I know that we were completely believing half the things we were being fed. Uh, an incredible contest. It, it's just such an amazing moment. Uh, I do believe that there was another psycho in the crowd as a young kid watching it. It's too bad that he got political later on, but obviously, uh, you know, it influenced a certain fat guy from Long Island. Mm. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just one of the – where does it rank? Wow, let me really think about that. Uh, I guess personal memories, top ten. I mean, how could it not be if I really start well done, getting Jimmy, well about done. it? Listen, guys, I got to give you guys a lot of credit. You don't know what's coming. It's hard to come off the cuff, and starting at first is very, very difficult. Number two, another great job, champ. Well done, by the way. Number two will be the player, Benny Scala, Mr. Angry, Mr. I Got Screwed. You're on the 30, Benny. Go. Loser. Okay, so I'm not sure how many of you guys saw the movie Back to School with uh, Rodney Dangerfield. There was a character in the movie uh, named Professor Turgeson, who was played by Sam, the late great Sam Kinison. And he talked about history, and he said history history is sacred. You you hold history sacred like you would hold a newborn in, in, in your arms. You cradle it. And to me, that's what that match, it, it was sacred. I mean, you watch matches nowadays. You see these Mama Lukes getting powerbombed through 18 flaming tables, kicking out and making a comeback a half a second later. But you talk about those two guys. And, you know, both, I mean, Snooka's personal life, notwithstanding, to use a Vince McMahon word, um, they had 19,000-plus people totally, you know, following their every, their every movement. They had those people had their hearts in their throats. You talk about temporary suspension of, of disbelief. That was the ultimate temporary suspension of disbelief. I have to say, you know, maybe that match isn't on the Mount Rushmore of matches, but it's pretty damn close. I mean, that is, I mean, anybody who wants to be a professional wrestler, I think it would be required that they uh, they watch that match along with John Tolos. John Tolles said he's going to get you anywhere here. The player, but well done. Well done. All right. Next up, Phil. Mr. Boston. He's fresh. He didn't work a 48-hour shift. He looks good. He's got the hair growing, the ponytails in. Phil, you're on the 30. Go. Well, you know, you talk about a match. First of all, we have two island boys who trust each other very much, and it showed in the match. It was a time when matches, uh, steel cage matches, meant a lot. And every movement inside that cage meant a lot. It was not overdone. There weren't lots of false finishes and that sort of thing. I mean, you could feel the heat. The crowd response was incredible. We had another big, big, uh, big fat guy in the audience who later became a wrestler, too. The guy who started stuttering and taping his glasses. And you know what happened with him. You know, he got a brother named uh, Devon and so forth. But um, he was there, too, apparently. But the matches looked great. Both that both guys uh, really were shining in the match. Um, the ending was perfect because Snuka was able to save face. He did the flying headbutt that knocked Morocco out the door, which was I've never seen anything done like that since. So Morocco gets the win, 
accidentally, but Snuka gets the revenge, gets him back in, does an incredible leap. And I guess the his knee got uh, Morocco's rib a little bit, so he bruised him up a little bit, but otherwise he was fine. But uh, it was a match, again, we remember this 40 years later. How many matches today are we going to remember, you know? Um, just tremendous heat. Again, uh, it elevated both guys. It was, uh, I would arguably, better than the Backlund Snuka match because Snuka missed that particular leap. But otherwise, it was bloody, it was intense, and again, the buildup was incredible, and uh, just 22,000 fans going crazy. This is uh, a keeper. I, right, I, I haven't it, watched it Well done. Time. Man, we got a three-way tie going on here, and this isn't rigged, folks. This is right on top. Real quick, before we get to ESO, why wasn't the Backlund match as good as the Morocco match? Maybe it was the trust factor there. Maybe Backlund didn't trust Snuka, you know, and uh, maybe they were a little more cautious. Um, and again, Snuka didn't hit the superfly, but I mean, that was still very dramatic getting up there. And I it mean, was the first time. Th- to be honest with you, when I remember that match, the Backlund match, obviously the, 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 we never had seen someone off a cage do a splash on someone. So first in, I get it. But the Backlund story was incredible. I mean, that that match in itself was pretty impressive, right? I think they went three times, right, Jimmy? They did, yeah. And Backlund hurt his ribs after. Yeah. And I, did, I don't know if that was where they, whether they had to uh, – or maybe it was, it was before that, but Backlund had some bad ribs too. But, yeah, they built that program up very well too. But, again, the heat between Morocco and Snuka was intense. Remember when Snuka leapt over the ropes and then tore Morocco's shirt off and – it was just crazy, man. Oh, that was great. Yeah, it was. That was yeah, great. Shred is, yeah, you know, shred is all, out. all right, guys. Question Backlund number is, two. Backlund Brian Pillman Jr.'s latest NXT segment ahead of the WWE in his ring de- debut as Lexus King. <laughs> was this the right move by the WWE and Brian Pillman Jr. to change his name? Opening up on a 30. The player. You're up, buddy. You're on the 30. Go. This is something I'll never understand. Why? I mean, if this was 30 or 40 years ago, you might get away with something like that, changing his name to Lexus King. But everybody, you know, even the most casual wrestling fan knows that this is Brian Pillman Jr. So why, you know, what is there to gain? It's the same thing with um, uh, uh, Curtis Axel. I mean, the, the entire world knew that that was Kurt Henning's son and Larry Henning's uh, grandson. What is there to gain? I mean, I get it that they want to have their own identity, but, I mean, is that really necessary? It, it's kind of like the, you know, the Washington Commanders. And, yeah, they rename oh. them, or the Guardians. But, I mean, who who's going to call any any long-standing Redskin fan? They're still the Redskins. They're still the Cleveland Indians, no matter what. And I, you know, Pillman's going to be Brian Pillman Jr. What's the problem with him creating a legacy with that name? I just don't get it. Um, I, I mean, these names eventually they're going to run out, of, run out of these names. I don't know where they even get them from. Maybe they they put them in a goldfish bowl and they they draw them. But um, not a, not a fan of it. I'm just not a fan of it. Like, let the guy wrestle with his own damn name. I mean, he. Like I said, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, nobody knows who he is. But, yeah, it doesn't work anymore. All right, good job, player. Well done. You're having – dude, you're coming to play every week. Really, really oh, yeah. excellent. 
Coming up, number two, ESO with a goose egg. What happened in the first round, ESO? <laughs> yeah, I, I have no clue what happened. Uh, maybe uh, something similar last week when the button wasn't working right or uh, somebody's narcolepsy kicked in or uh, their ADD kicked in and they had to pick up the or somebody's audio doesn't work right. Uh, yeah, possibly. I don't know how you could get a zero on Jimmy Snooker in Morocco. It doesn't even make sense yeah, me, to me. Anyway, you're on a 30 there, Bruce. Go! But, uh, so Bruce. here's the reality. When it comes to them not using the Brian Pillman name, I kind of understand. The NXT is the development level for WWE. I believe once we get to the point where he is brought to the main level, you will probably see him labeled as Brian Pillman Jr. I uh, I think at this point, it's just not, not necessary for it. <laughs> I love I love the references of hey, Brian I... Pillman Jr. What? Yeah. But is that me? Real. This is, just is that the Pharaoh? Lexus King is just starting. <laughs> this isn't the future. This is isn't now. Wait till the day when Stone I mean, Cold Steve Austin himself comes back to manage this guy. Realize that connection that Stone Cold had to Brian Pillman. This isn't this isn't something that's going away. <laughs> this is a short term thing. Lexus King will not be on the main roster. By the time we get to the main roster, this is going to be. Brian Pillman Jr. There's I'm, I'm no in two places at once. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm glad I, I'm glad Mike is getting to enjoy a beverage and while I'm finishing out the time. Let's plug some of the some of the shows on the network. We've got Ben and Benny in the ring. We've got the history of pro wrestling. <laughs> Somebody All right. Well, good job, Bruce. Good job. Yeah, Not bad. That was Not great. Bad. Well I done. Know, I didn't know I could be in two places at once. I look good. Very good. Very good. Well, speaking about being two places at once, champ, you're up. The minute 30 is getting put on. You're on a 30. Go. Yeah. Yeah. This name is not ridiculous. Being your own individual and being able to be groomed as your own superstar, leaving your own mark, is the mark of the WWE. I'll tell you why. Not that long ago, I was enraged that they changed Walter to Gunther. How'd that work yeah. out? And more yeah. importantly, earlier this week, Karen McDaniel and I were talking, and I remember once upon a time, and Mike's going to remember this too, Cheap pop. Cheap pop that there was a guy... Yeah, I'm going to name drop as much as I can. She makes great food. Anyway, <laughs> Black Jack Mulligan, Black Jack Mulligan Jr. or Barry Windham? What do you think was the most important thing that helped propel this amazing, probably the most perfect wrestler who's ever been in a ring, Barry Windham? His own individuality through that name, not having to live in the shadow of his very great father. Okay, this is what the WWE does. So while the player, who I respect very much, might be raging right now at this ridiculous change, this, if done correctly, just like Gunther, will be just fine for Lex is king. Now, I can't see the damn timer because there's some damn thing in the corner here. So I'd like to say, Bruce... Good luck, kid. Keep going. You're, well you're, done, did, well did, done, Farrow. Wow, some really good right. points, man. And what the great point is, between you and the player, totally different viewpoints. I'm interested to see yeah. what Phil brings up from the rear. We're going into 130. 
Phil, <laughs> stay once the clock comes up, you're on a 30, brother. Go. I'm not Greek. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Be careful. <laughs> well, 26 years ago, sometime this month, um, the loose cannon himself was found dead in the Bloomington, Minnesota hotel room. And, um, you know, under some tragic circumstances that led up to his final year or so. You know, I have to wonder if there's not a little bit effort, a little bit of an effort afoot to kind of distance some of that, you know, and and kind of reframe and uh, the focus on uh, on on Junior here. Um, I'm a big fan of his. He, he's he's a he's a remarkable athlete, and I had the good fortune of meeting him at a, at an indie show a few years ago. And he's just really uh, just a down to earth kind of kid, and. Um, I think he's great. But you know what's interesting? NXT has a couple other second-generation wrestlers. We know about Braun Breaker, of course, but um, Von Wagner, he's second-generation. He's one of the Beverly Brothers' sons, I think Bo Beverly, and uh, they don't make any reference to that. There's another athlete there, too, who's a second-generation wrestler. He is the son of um, Bull Buchanan, actually, and uh, they don't make any reference to that either, so... Um, you know, and of course we have um, the Rock's daughter there too, who's going under a, a, a different name, and whom I think really is quite a uh, something special. I, I know she uh, hasn't had much of a chance to get some in-ring experience. Well done, but Phil. Think- well done. Great points on bringing up the WWE, making a lot of name changes, even though everybody knows that these wrestlers are. Uh, sib- you know, siblings or children of these famous wrestlers. They, like Pharaoh said, like you said, they're trying to separate them, right? Build their own legacy. Mm-hmm. All right, yep, this is a up. this is a tough one coming up. Question three. Eric Bischoff questions AEW's judgment over MJF's anti-Semitic storyline. On the latest 83 weeks, Bischoff joins the chorus of wrestling's fan displeased with the controversial storyline. Bischoff prefaced his comments by clarifying that he admires MJF's intent and thinks very highly of the AEW champion. We are on the brink of World War III, Bischoff said. There are horrific, unbelievable image being live-streamed as we speak. Things that none of us are even comfortable saying out loud, and it's only going to get worse. I know I've said before that timing is everything and yes heat is life but there's a time and a place for appropriateness and judgment however the honorable attentions and i do believe they're honest i 100 percent believe mjf was being sincere with his tweet that doesn't mean the judgment was correct or the timing associated with it gentlemen Please speak on the horrific things that have been going on within the world and AEW choosing to capitalize, possibly, on this moment. Phil, you have the maybe distinguished or undistinguished opportunity to open this up on the 30 as we get serious on this show. You're on. Sure. You're on the 30, bro. Well, never, I think, in, in all of our lives here. And, and, and we've all been around for a good spell, the whole panel here. And we've, we've lived through, I, I think, a lot. Um, 
Yeah, the world has never seen so many fires erupt at the same time. And, and uh, now with, with social media, the tragedies are broadcast in high definition and, and there's really no avoiding them. But, you know, if we look back in wrestling history and we look back particularly um, to the 80s and, and actually starting in the 70s, pretty much peaking in the mid 80s when the tensions between Russia and the United States were really uh, at, at a height. You know, we remember there was a show a movie on TV called The Day After dealing with nuclear disaster. And we were, back in 1983, at a point where we almost, you know, someone almost hit a button. So, um, And we, the professional wrestling, did utilize, did capitalize, did uh, dramatize this conflict. And, and obviously it served the business well as we had USA versus Russia. In fact, it drummed up so much patriotism for Sergeant Slaughter. Ronald Reagan asked Sergeant Slaughter to come to the White House, actually, and he actually took him up on that. So um, I think the product needs to be edgier. I think AEW has an advantage again because they don't have um, a corporate board. They're not beholden to anyone else. Tony Khan is the you know, the final answer in all these things. So I think it might be a way that they're trying to distinguish themselves from the other products kind of get edgy on a global stage. Well done, Phil. Wow. Well done. Followed up by the champ. Champ, you're on the 30. A very tough subject. Mike? Yep. Mike, before before you do that, by any chance do you have the tweet that MJF put out? Because I have not seen it. I've been too busy actually paying attention to the real news. I do not, sir. I'll see if uh, our great producer can pull it up real quick. If he does, I'll read it to you as you go. I do apologize. Okay. I should have had that ready. You're on the That's 30. That's right. That's right. Go, Farrow. Okay. Uh, well, you know what? Phil's right about that. Wrestling has always been, you know, at least especially back in the day, a microcosm of what's going on in the world. Uh, I wish I actually did know what MJF has said because if, he's, if he is speaking in favor of Israel in his tweets, he has every right to. And I find it funny that people would suddenly have a problem. Why? Because it's Israel? Now, not to get too political, but, I mean, let's get geographical. If you look at the history and you see what Israel has been up against for decades and decades, you'd realize that they're a tiny little sliver surrounded by a giant bunch of hostile people that want them dead. It's really that simple. Now, yeah, I'm going to go there. It's really that simple. And if you take a look at the map, how come their fellow brothers are not helping out those people who allegedly have no say in it, but they've been offered peace over and over and over and over again. Now, if you go back to the biblical times, Egypt and Israel was Andre and Hogan. Okay, fine. This is a wrestling show. Yeah, so I'm going to use that analogy. Well, did Egypt sit down at Camp David years and years and years ago and say, you know what, enough. How are they doing now? So it really comes down to are two sides willing to stop the bloodshed multiple times? peace has been offered and multiple times bombs have been set off okay so if mjf was possibly defending israel good for him good well, well for him. done pharaoh well done wow we got a lock right, 39 Jimmy. between these two gents Thank you. here comes eso with the goose egg bruce oh, i no. really think you have a chance to win the <laughs> championship today I really Boy, do. Yeah, uh, right, right up there, right, right on the cusp, right. <laughs> All right, you're on the thirty, Bruce. Right now, do us justice. <laughs> you're on. Go. 
All right. First of all, it's a it's a pretty sad state of affairs with what is going on in there. Nobody wants to see anybody at war. There's people dying on both sides. Mm. Nobody wants to see any innocent person die, ever. That that's not a good thing. However, it is not a new thing for wrestling to exploit things that are going on worldwide. Let, let's take a step back. We have from from the beginning we had the. All right, well, he's been disbanded to the land of Misfit Toys. We've already lost our first contestant. Um, I don't know what to say. The judges spoken. Player, you're on the 30, bud. Are you ready? Ready. Ready to tie it up. Let's do, baby. You can do this. You're on the 30. Wait, we're resetting because Bruce was so awful. His clock is still running. Hold on, please. <laughs> Listen, when the producer cuts him off, I don't even know what to do there. I mean, it was like he put it—he put that land of misfit toys on him and sent them to oblivion. All right, player, you're up. Go. All right, so I am going to uh, pretty much keep this confined to wrestling. And uh, before I talk about uh, MJF, I'm going to say a couple of things about Eric Bischoff and uh, Tony Khan. So Eric Bischoff, normally, uh, I believe that he, he is in dire need of a craniorectoscopy. And that is actually a word that I coined for Urban Dictionary, which is the removal of nice. one's head from one's ass. But um, I do happen to agree with him here. I, I do think that this this angle is totally out of, out of bounds. And I have to give my, my, my Tony Khan statement of the week. So Tony Khan is a new poster boy for Vagisil. Um, if Tony Khan's last name was was Smith or Jones, he'd be mopping up Booth Seven at Augie's Jack Shack and Jizz Emporium. Oh my God! Now, true. That's Augie's Jack Shack. I get it. I mean, I this is one of those things. You know, MJF referred to Muhammad Hassan, who was an Italian guy playing an Arab or Arab American. Um, I, I, I get, or Sergeant Slaughter pretending to be an Iraqi sympathizer. This was a little bit different because MJF was, does happen to be Jewish, and he was persecuted in high school. He was bullied. Um, he recounted a story where he made the football team, and he saw six or seven players walking down the hall of school thinking they were going to nice pat him on the back. Nice work, player. Nice work. Wow. We got a tight one Ooh, here. Our, Guys, let me ask you, do you like these questions? You think they're tough or uh, they're softballs? Tough but good. Tough but good? Yeah. Thinking outside the box. All right, guys. This becomes even more tough. I didn't expect ESO to be knocked out so early. I think this might be the first time someone someone got a zero. What do you think of that, Farrah? Well, uh, I don't think nothing of it because it says nothing. (laughs) Wow. What's that song by Billy Preston? Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's very much. good. <laughs> hey, Mike, Mike uh, don't you think you should deduct? Don't you think you should deduct a couple of points from the player for pre-writing this stuff during the week? Because he comes with this stuff pre-prepared. That's not fair. That's cheating. I don't know how he does. He does not know the questions. I can promise you that. I guarantee. I do yeah, not he just know got across the board jokes, though. Wow, he's calling you out, player. He's calling you a thief and bastard, you. 
You're like Gene right. Warmer in Animal House, Monty. And, and, and Esau's Bluto. Mr. Blutowski, zero. Here we go. Question number four. 2023 PWI Women's 250 Top 10 Revealed. Rhea Ripley, top solicit. How's it judged, you ask? Win and loss record. Championships won. Quality of competition. Major fuse. Prominence within the wrestler's promotion and overall wrestling ability. Number one, Miss Rhea Ripley. Number two, Julia from Stardom. Number three, Bianca Belair. Number four, Jamie Hayter from AEW. Number five, Tom Nakano, whatever, Stardom. Oh, but of course. Of course. Number six, Athena. Number seven, Diana Perrazzo. Number eight, Willow Nightingale. Yeah, she's better than Charlotte Flair. Come on, please. Yeah, of course. Of course. Number nine, Camille. And number 10, Jordan Grace. Here's the deal, guys. Either tell me what's good about it, what's bad about it. We're opening up with the player who's leading this final round before the championship with 41 points. We got him on the 30. Playa, the PWI, top 250, but this is the only 10. What's wrong or what's right about this list, Playa? You're on. Okay, let's start about what is right. Absolutely, positively, Rhea Ripley at number one. Zero problem with that. I mean, she had a phenomenal year. And, I mean, the amount of improvement she's made in the last couple of years, absolutely incredible. I mean, she when she came up from NXT, she was already polished, but she just keeps getting better and better. Her psychology, her promos, she is the complete total package. I think she's only uh, 27 years old. I mean, just think about the future for this woman. She's gonna, She arguably could, could wind up being the greatest of all time. Uh, as far as the rest of the, uh, the list, I, as far as I know, that's, it's just a bunch of porn stars. Uh, except for uh, uh, Banaka Belair. Uh, but I, I have a problem with any list not including Charlotte Flair. How do you not include Charlotte Flair? I mean, Charlotte Flair is, is she's the gold standard. She's on the Mount Rushmore. She, she's done everything. And the other person, I am a huge fan of Asuka. I, I think Asuka is so underrated. Uh, and she has such a phenomenal body of work. And we have such short memories. You know, you know, they, they brought her up to W, you know, the main roster. And next thing you know, she's jobbing to uh, Carmella, which was absolutely ridiculous. But remember her, her dominance in NXT. I mean, her dominance in NXT rivals Gunther with the Intercontinental title. So I think they got, they got most of it wrong. They did get the number one right, though. Wow. Wow. What a round. Man, Playa looking to go into that championship round. Here we go. The champ. You're up, Pharaoh. We're going to put you on a 30. What's wrong or what's right about this list? Go. Well, what's wrong right off the bat is it's pretty obvious that Evan Ginsburg made this list. Right off the bat. Okay. All right, so now that I got that out of the way, you're going to chuck me. Hey, quit laughing over my answer, everybody. You're going to tell me with a straight face uh, that this list is about competition? 
quality of competition? Where's the old sky? Where's Charlotte? Hell, where's yeah. Shayna Baszler compared to these names I'm hearing? This list is diarrhea. It is running thick and fast. You got to be kidding me. This is the most absurd. Thick and fast. And I can't do the fartsy garbage. What is this, PWI? It must be. Puke Wrestling Insiders? You got to be joking me. By the way, Rhea Ripley is already the greatest power woman's wrestler in the history of this business. Wake up, okay? This ain't no China. You see what she could do athletically, okay? She is the best badass in the history already of this business. And as you said, she's only 27. Do you realize what her resume is going to be when she's done? Quality of competition. Would you pick my neighbor across the street who drinks too what? much on Thursday what? night? What a round. What a round. Oh, my God. I don't even know. What... <laughs> Thank you. Woo! I'm mad. That wow. list made me mad. That's wow. a joke. I did not think anyone was going to pass the player, but I, whew, I don't know. I don't know. Phil, it's a tough one, bro. But yeah, I know you can do it. This is a tough I, one. You know, we got to get you so. that championship yeah. round, bro. Come on, Phil. Well, come on, Phil. I totally concur with the number one ranking. Well, hold sure. on. Let's get you now. Go. All right. Go ahead now. I'm totally down with the number one ranking with Rhea Ripley because she's got a look beyond anybody, I think. Maybe save for Asuka, but uh, maybe even a little better than Asuka. Or obviously, she is um, a monster in size and ability and strength. Uh, the makeup job is tremendous. Her interviews, her accent, her promos, her um, rapport with Dominic is just off the charts. And, uh, I mean... You know, they, they've, I think they've supplanted Eddie in China in terms of this whole mamacita, this whole, this whole relationship. I think that's great. Yeah, I want to know where Asuka is because when it comes to legit tough women, athletic women who have unique, uh, it would just have that something special. She's one of them, and uh, I think she's proven that time and again. She came in undefeated, I mean, for a long stretch, and what happened there? Um, yeah, where is Charlotte Flair in this? I, I didn't hear her name at all, and I know she took some time off and everything else, but, you know, you can't take greatness away in that amount of time. Um, I didn't even know. Was Becky Lynch mentioned in this top list at all? She was not. What a joke. What it, a joke. I mean, what, uh, where do you begin there, you know? I mean, the program, the, the, the company's built around her. Let's look at Trish Stratus being one of the comebacks of the year. Talk about a, a great match she had. Oh, well done, well, Phil. Well done. Yeah. All right, what's Thank the score you, here? I got to get my eyes working. We got Farrow at 58. We got the play in 54. And we got Mr. Boston, Phil, at 54. It's a three-way three, three way for the championship. Could sound a little rigged here, but I don't think so. <laughs> but it looks like the three of you going into the final round. So it doesn't matter that the Farrow's got 58. Well, it does. He's got a four-point lead. He could be the first... Defending champion. This has been a pretty good round. Where's Bruce? Reigning and defending. Where's Bruce? <laughs> All right. Bruce is at Bruce is at Wendy's. He's hanging out with Herbie and then the abominable snowman, I think. All right, guys. Championship Herbie and his round. Hand cock? Oh, 
<laughs> the NWA <laughs> reportedly signs two deals with CW. Billy Corrigan teased last week during an appearance on Busted Open Radio that his promotion had recently signed with the Top 20 Network. According to the report from the House of Wrestling, both TV deals are with CW, and an official announcement is coming relatively soon. All right, guys. Does this make the NWA a player? We're going to open up with Phil. Phil, you're on the 30. Yeah. Well, you know, I think they're going to offer something different. I mean, they also have what you know what we remember, particularly on the Superstation and some of the other um, promotions as studio wrestling. You had that little 16 or 18 by 18 ring. You had the small studio audience. You had that intimacy. And, um, you know, absent are a lot of the trappings, whether it's production, whether it's just, you know, the explosions and that sort of thing. So I think it caters a lot to the fan who's nostalgic for that type of product, who's nostalgic for the territories. And I think it's Billy Corgan's intention to kind of redevelop the territory system and expand like they did in um, Georgia Championship Wrestling, ended up going into Ohio and West Virginia and started that expansion where they were actually touring and doing live dates. And I think that's something that um, needs to be brought back to the business. And I think it can be done by both of the other promotions too. But, you know, wrestling used to have a regional quality and the fan bases differed and the product would be kind of catered or tailored towards those those bases. So I think it's a great thing. I think there's power in three. Three's that magic number. Um, you know, we had AWA, NWA, WWF. And I think that, um, I think given his... Uh, his capital, his financial backing, his name recognition. I think, uh, I think he can do great. I mean, everything is changing now. We've got, you know, streams and internet and uh, competing with major networks. And just, I think the addition of the CW is just going to complement something he already has going in, 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 in the, well done, in the stream. Phil. Well done. Very Thank tough you. subjects today and very good answers. All right. Player, you looking to gain that title? From my count, Phil's at 68. You're on the 30. Go. Uh, my opinion, much as I would like to see this work, I think uh, Billy Corgan smashed one too many pumpkins, and I think he should be back in 1979 <laughs> where he belongs. Um, uh, what I love to see, I mean, here I am, Mr. Old School Wrestling. Wow. And what, what more would I love? Than to you know go back into 1979 and, and be in Mid South or be in Memphis or be in be in Portland. I just think in 2023, much as I'd like to see it work, I don't think it works anymore. We're we're too global. Everything is everywhere. I I don't think you could regionalize. I, I'm not even sure how he's going to do this. I think what he's going to do is he's going to group a bunch of indies in a certain region and he's going to call it a territory, but. I, I don't know how that works. I mean, the the CW just shows something local to that. Like, if you're in Cleveland, are you going to see that that particular territory? Are you going to have access to all the territories? Um, I, I'd like to see it all, but again, much as I'd like to see this work, and and I don't think, yeah, he's got money. I I, I don't think he can hang with the big dogs. I think he's going to be a very very distant number three you know, much as i would love to see this work but i'm sorry it, it's it's too late well you had five on the clock i guess that's it great points great points phil 
Unfortunately, we have to send you to the land of misfit toys. The originating champion, the Buddy Rogers of this show. We got to send you on your way, Phil. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Thanks. All right, Farrow. You have the opportunity to be the first defending champion. By my count, you're 12 points behind. The players hit with hit this show with every one-liner you could think of. Farrow, go. Well, I hate to uh, disarm the NWA fans with a, one more bad Billy Corgan signing, but there's just going to be a lot of internet rats in a cage because this is just going to wow. be a lot of noise. Wow. Billy, Billy Corgan does not have the capital. Billy Corgan does not have the vision. Billy Corgan has been around how long with this rinky-dink, and it's a shame that I have to refer to the NWA title as rinky-dink, but Billy Corgan does not have it. Stick to music. You don't know what you're doing. Never have known what you're doing. EC3 is wonderful, but EC3 is past his prime. Sorry. Now he's going to probably yell at me tomorrow about that, but whatever. What are you going to do? He's just, it is what it is, okay? It's one bad signing after another. It's small time. The most that they can hope for, does anybody remember Destination America with TNA? How did that turn out? Okay? It's not going to be anything. And that's a shame. Will it be a nice little well-kept secret that guys from Queens can watch when they're not purchasing mail-order wives? Probably. But what does that really do at the end of the day? It doesn't do anything. So I really don't think this is going to do too much. I think it's going to be like a fart in the wind. And that's going to be that. It'll dissipate. You know, that's pretty much the deal. So sorry, Billy, your pumpkin's been smashed. And that's the way it goes. You ain't going to accomplish shit. That's it. Oh, and John Tolos. Oh, that was last week. Never mind. (laughs) Wow. We got a tie at 70, folks. Holy shit. Unfortunately, we're out of time. And we've got a Bob Backlund, Greg Valentine moment here. We'll see you next week. Jimmy, we'll send you the link to the second show. Be well.